Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the ISI Life podcast. We're coming at you today with something a little special. This is actually an audio excerpt from our most recent ISI virtual meetup that we had over Zoom um, this past weekend. It was uh, We had about 30 guys come on, and we did a Christmas devotion that our leader, Al Sherbaum, did on the manger mission. And for you know for some of us, this is extremely timing. We, we may not be uh, heading into churches as much as we normally would or would like to this this uh, Christmas and holiday season and Al just delivered an amazing message that we thought we would capture and put in a format for for everybody to digest um, he touches on four amazing characters uh, from the manger Mary the shepherds magi and uh, Simeon which it was amazing to share this story and be really be thinking about these characters and what it took to um, play their role in this amazing story so Without further ado, I hope you all enjoy the episode. Until next time, stay sharp, everybody. How about if um, how about if I just start us in a word of prayer and um, and just thank the Lord for all the good things that He has given to us, the gifts that we've had, even though life can be very challenging. And as Ben shared that verse about discipline, and sometimes it's hard, and you know, but it does produce you know a righteousness, and uh, and so. Uh, so let me just just thank the Lord for uh, for all the good things that He's done, and uh, and then we'll get started. And when I get done, if you have your uh, have your Bible, or if you want to pull up on your phone, Luke chapter one, um, that's where we'll we'll start today is is in Luke chapter one. But uh, so if you have the ability to pull that up when when we get when I get done praying, okay. All right, let me pray. Uh, dear Lord Jesus, I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness, and uh, we thank you for your goodness, that you are a good God, and uh, we all have many good things uh, that we can be thankful for, and we thank you for that, Lord. We, we give you praise for that. We know that in this life that there's, that there's, there's good, and there's also challenging things that are in our life as well, and it's just the reality of the world but we know that your goodness is even in the midst of the challenging times as well. And uh, I just personally uh, just ask for forgiveness of my worry and my doubts and my fears in the midst of those times, uh, because you're always faithful to deliver us through, to take us through, to walk with us through it, and to accomplish your purposes through just even the adverse times. So we can thank you for your goodness, even in the times of adversity that we, we experience. Lord, um, as we just look to this time of the year, that, um, that it's just a yearly remembrance of, uh, of, of God with us, Emmanuel, you coming to this earth, uh, the, uh, the wonder of the virgin birth, um, just uh, there's no one else like you. There's, there is no one else in all of the universe, all of whatever your expanse is, uh, you are the only one, Jesus. Um, and so, so we thank you for the uniqueness of who you are, that you're fully God and fully man, that you're the only one that could die for, the, for all the sins of everyone that's ever, ever been on this earth. And uh, you're the only one that was worthy to be able to, to pay that price. Uh, and you're the only one that's worthy to, uh, 
to return and bring everything into account and then everything into judgment. And you're the one that's preparing uh, a way for us. You are the way uh, for an eternal life with you that, that even in this world, we can't even truly imagine what heaven will truly be like. Uh, we can only see things with imperfect eyes and hear with imperfect ears. Um, but when, there'll be a day of perfection uh, to where um, there'll be no sin, no tears, no sorrow, no death. Lord, we thank you for that day that you have promised to all those who believe in you and who follow you. So, Lord, we, we give you thanks for that. And so, Lord, we lift up this, this time of just brief devotion, focusing in on your birth and the people that, that were uh, involved uh, in, that, in that time of when you actually came to this world, God with us. We lift this all up to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. So, well, we're going to talk about the manger mission today. So, you know, as we think about the five F's, um, what I want to do is I want to take the characters or the groups of people that are in the manger scenes. Many of you probably have a manger scene set up. Um, if you don't, uh, it's always something that I would encourage you to do is go, go get one, especially if you have young kids um, and set them up, uh, set one up. And then from this message that, that we'll be able to share today, you can take each one of the characters that would be in the manger and you can do just a little brief devotion with your kids, no matter what age you, you can, you can make it age appropriate for your kids. But for me, I always enjoy just kind of working my way around the manger scene with my two kids and just making sure that they know, you know, what was the role of the shepherds or Mary and Joseph and obviously the baby Jesus and, of course, they bring in the Magi. The Magi were, were, were likely not there uh, the, 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 uh, the night that Jesus was born. Uh, they were much more down the road, but, uh, but they also have a lot to say about uh, how to approach Jesus. And, uh, and so, um, so, I, so I would encourage you to uh, take this, to, to apply it to family, to use it as maybe a, a time of devotion with your own family and children. Uh, but all these, uh, everything that the characters that we're going to be looking at in the manger scene um, apply to all the Fs. I mean, because we're going to be looking at things like obedience and how to tell others and, and worship and giving and embracing Jesus. And all those things apply to your, uh, your faculty or your career, uh, to your fitness, um, to your finances. So, so I want, want you to take what we're about to share and just apply it to any one of the five F's or all of the five F's as we move forward. But, but for me, uh, there's a mission that Jesus, that God actually uh, fulfilled uh, just in the manger scene. And, you know, just, I can't remember who shared about how sometimes the Bible can just be, you know, it's, it begins dry, becomes dry. You know, I've already done this a number of times, uh, you know, how many times can I read Genesis without it becoming a without it being alive? You know, for me, it just be, well, you know what? The manger scene can just kind of be, okay, that's just another decoration to set up for Christmas. It's just like putting some bulbs on the tree. It's fun, but, and, and it's a good time maybe putting the, putting the tree up, 
uh, and maybe even setting the manger scene up. But I want, I want you to think about it a little bit deeper this year and take that manger scene and really try to incorporate it uh, into your life. So, uh, so we're going to start with the characters that are in the manger scene. So, um, so we're going to look at Mary and Joseph to start with. And I'm just going to focus in on, on, on Mary, really. I mean, most of you do know all these stories, okay? So I don't have time to break down everything. Every, every, every character or group of people like the Magi, um, you know, could be a separate story in and of itself. And you could do a, a full devotion on each person. But I'm trusting that you guys know the majority of the stories because you've heard them. But, um, but I want to hopefully then bring some of this alive. But when you think about Mary and Joseph, I think the thing that you can bring out from them is humble obedience. I mean, when you think about, especially Mary, um, you know, to me, there's no greater faith story in the Bible. I mean, it's just, when you think about a 14 year old girl and just, just for me to even say, you know what God has done, God does great things through young people, through young men like you that are on the call. Uh, don't let your youth ever dissuade you from thinking, I can't do this, or God can't do that through me. Believe me, you don't have to be as old as George, um, you know, the godfather, for, for, uh, uh, for things to happen uh, well in your life. God uses young people like Mary, like David, uh, slaying Goliath, you know. So, uh, so but Mary is a 14-year-old girl. I mean, to me, I, as I sit there and I contemplate about Mary um, and just the message that she received from God, uh, from the angel, and then the things that she shared, there's no question that Mary was somebody who was seeking God in the ordinary. I mean, she was walking with God as a young girl, as a little girl. You could tell that there was lots of scripture already in this little girl, <laughs> already in this 14-year-old. And she had uh, a heart to seek God. And when, he, when the angel approached her, you know, he, he said that she was highly favored, um, that, that she would be a blessing. And, and so, and it, it was because that she was greatly seeking him. And so she was greatly seeking him in the ordinary. She was in Nazareth. I mean, back in the day, back, I mean, it wasn't like the way you and I could be. We could sit there as a kid and just dream about doing whatever the world could offer to us. Well, if you grew up in Nazareth 2,000 years ago, um, you didn't have the technology. Things weren't necessarily worldwide. I mean, she was, she was an Israelite under Roman rule, so there wasn't a lot of option. So for her, life was, for the most part, just going to be about doing things that any other woman would do in a city called Nazareth, and most of the tasks would be simple daily things, but she sought God in those simple daily things. And I just want to encourage you to seek God in, this, in the simple daily things that you have, the mundane, the day-to-day the -day things, but you never know when God is going to deliver an assignment to you that you just need to obey. And that's what Mary, she had her heart prepared so that she could obey. And so God 
comes to her with an assignment that, um, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, he, the angel just says to her, you know, Mary, you're going to be pregnant, but you're not going to have relations with any man on this earth. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and he's going to overshadow you. The word overshadow means to do something beyond the natural. So it, would, it was going to be a supernatural happening of the Holy Spirit in her womb to conceive a child. <laughs> how are you going to explain that one? Right? <laughs> I mean, how are you going to explain that one? And so he comes to her with that assignment. And when, when, when she first kind of uh, visits with this, with this angel, it says that she's, she's somewhat perplexed. It's like, I mean, I could just imagine if an angel approached me or you right now, I mean, we would just be like, whoa. I mean, it's like, uh, am I in, is, is this surreal? What's going on here? And that's kind of what happened with her. And once she got her bearings and she started to listen to what he had to say, uh, and and what uh, what was going to be done to her? Her her response to him was, "May it be to me as you have said." Wow, I mean, no fight, <laughs> no like. Uh, wh what about this? What about that? I mean, she was at a place in her life where she could just truly say, "May it be to me as you have said." I will obey. I will go according to your plan. And so I just want to encourage you to, to think about this Christmas as you think about Mary and Joseph had to have the same kind of thing. I mean, he was, he was a righteous man. And, but when he, got, when he got confronted in a dream about what he needed to do with Mary rather than divorcing her, the angel said, don't worry about it. Everything's going to be okay. Uh, you're going to have that, ba uh, Mary's going to have that baby. And when he woke up, he went and he followed what the, what the, uh, what, what the angel said to him in that dream. And so they both obeyed. So I want to encourage you to think about your own personal obedience to Jesus. Uh, as you think about the major scene, when you look at Mary and Joseph and the one verse that I want to bring out that I think that is, that is just, uh, uh, that for me blows me away when it comes to humble obedience is in chapter one, verse, uh, verse 48. After, after Mary gets the opportunity, then after she hears from this angel, uh, the angel tells her that her, her cousin Elizabeth is pregnant, who was barren. So she hurries up and she goes from Nazareth down to the hill country of Judea. So Mary at, a, as four, at 14 gets this message from, from the angel. It's a 70 mile trip, okay? So she, it says she hurries. So I don't know how fast you can run 70 miles, but that's what Mary just did, okay? <laughs> she's, she gets this message, she hears about her cousin, she takes off and she's gone. She goes down to uh, Judea. And so, which is like a 70 mile trip. So you talk about a, an athlete, Mary just put her running shoes on and went. And then she went to, uh, uh, she went to visit with Elizabeth. And of course, you know, baby in Elizabeth's womb, John leaps with joy. And, but, and then they, and then Mary kind of shares her thoughts to Elizabeth. And she says, 
She says, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has been mindful of the humble estate of his servants. So, so it says that, you know, he recognized her just in Nazareth as a young girl and he recognizes me and you. I mean, we don't have to be anything special. God sees us. God loves us. So anyway, but then she says, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. I just want to let you know that your, your personal obedience to the Lord will bless generations to come. It will bless your children because it will give them, this is what you do when you follow Jesus. You obey. You, you listen to his word, you hear his word, and then, and then you say, God, you know what's best. I trust you. I will do the right thing. I will do what your word tells me to do. So when you do that, hopefully that passes on for generations to come. And so, so your humble obedience will make a difference for generations to come. Okay? Um, so... Uh, anyway, so then let's, let's move from Mary and Joseph again, for the sake of time, um, you know, the, you, you, you know, you know, the story of how they, um, how she, well, we'll get to the birth here in a minute, but anyway, so let's, let, let's move to the, uh, the shepherds. Okay. So when I, when I want you to, when we, when we think about the shepherds, I want you to think about, uh, spread the word, go tell. So with Mary and Joseph, it was humble obedience. When, when you look at the shepherds, um, so the shepherds obviously were visited by angels as well. Um, and, and they're, they're being told that, 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 uh, that, that, that there's a baby being born and that they needed to go seek him. They knew exactly where they needed to go. I won't get into all the details of, the, of, of how they probably figured all that out. But the bottom line is, is, is that when they were told they went and they sought, sought out Jesus. And when they, when they saw the baby Jesus with Mary and Joseph, it says in, uh, in, in, in chapter 2, verses 16 through 18, it says, um, uh, it says so they hurried off when, when they were told by the angels. Uh, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. So the shepherds, when we think about the shepherds, we think about going and telling. How are we sharing our faith? I mean, when they saw the baby, Jesus, they saw the fulfillment of prophecies that were delivered from 1500 years before all the way um, up until now, the fulfillment of Jesus coming to their, this earth, God with us. And so for them, when they, when they saw Jesus, they couldn't help but go and tell. And so I pray that, that, that no matter what, what F you're talking about, you can go and tell at the gym you know, you can, you can go and tell at your career, you can go ahead and tell as you're, as you're working with your finances, why do you, why do you give? Why do you do certain things? Your pocketbook many times will be able to tell others what you truly believe and what you truly embrace in life.
And so, um, so I want you to think about when we talk about the shepherds, um, going and telling, okay? All right, so next will be the Magi. So when we go, when we think about the Magi, obviously now the Magi probably didn't come until almost two years later, okay? So they were, they were from, from Persia, um, and they were probably came from a long line of, of people that were considered Magi, probably started by Daniel 600 years before the time of Christ, okay? And so uh, 600 years before the time of Christ, Daniel gets taken off into Babylon, and he really becomes part of this group of, of magi. And God then does miraculous things uh, through Daniel that really shows everyone in the Babylonian kingdom that there is really only truly one God to be sought. Um, and he is the king over all things. Well, anyway, this line probably followed even the teachings of Daniel. Um, and so even in this first century now, or, or during the time of Jesus, the Persians were looking for a new king, and they had somehow determined that there was a new king that would be born in a place uh, in Israel, and in, in probably in a place called Bethlehem, because that's where they went, and they were looking for this baby. So, so there were some, obviously some miraculous things that, that, that were taking place. Now, this is probably two years again afterwards, but they're in the manger scene, and you might as well just go ahead and take advantage of them being in there, okay? So, and it was probably a large group of, of Magi. It probably wasn't just three people because there was tension between the Persians and the Romans. So, um, so it probably wasn't just this little small group of people that were, you know, it was probably... A, a larger group of people that were coming. And, uh, and so, but anyway, but it says as they came to the house where they saw where the star basically stopped, it says they saw the child with his mother, Mary, uh, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with, with gifts of gold, incense, and myrrh. Okay, so gold is for, uh, gold is for a, a king incense is something that you would burn toward a deity, uh, and myrrh was a burial spice. So in some way, even their gifts were significant of who, who they were giving the gifts to. You're God. You're a king, and you're going to die. <laughs> so they had those elements there. So even their gifts were, like I said, told us uh, even what they believed about what this baby was all about. And so, but when you think about the Magi, think about giving and worshiping. So they worshiped him. They, they bowed. And, you know, it's such an, you know, for us, we need to, even in our careers, I think about, there, this is so important to bow before the Lord and say, thank you for this Thank you for this. I worship you for the career that you've given to me. And I want to, you know, and, and, and Lord, use me. But thank you so much. And I want to I, I give you thanks and praise and worship you for, uh, for this opportunity. Same thing with the ability to, to work out the fitness. All these things, the finances, we can worship God in all the five Fs. And we can also give back in all the five F's. So, um, so think about worshiping and giving.
Okay. So that, those are the people, obviously then the baby Jesus is the heart of all of it, right? So it's all about him being fully God and fully man. So it's all about Jesus. And when we, when we get a chance to share about the manger scene, we can say all these, all these characters, even us, we all have a part to play in God's plan, but he is the very focus and the center of the plan. He is the plan. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And so in some way, we're all in a manger. We all play a part in, in, in worshiping, giving, telling, obeying. We're all a part of the plan of God as we focus in on Jesus and who he is. Okay. Um, I want to bring in one last bonus character real quickly, a guy named, a guy named Simeon. So uh, you'll turn to Simeon there. Um, Simeon um, was, uh, was somebody who, who was uh, uh, just a godly man that spent the majority of his life in the temple. And God had revealed to him as an older man that he would not die before he would see um, the, the salvation of Israel. So that's what the Holy Spirit had revealed to this guy named Simeon. Now, this is, this is at the dedication of Jesus. So Simeon sees Jesus before the Magi do, okay? This is probably eight days after Jesus is born. So Mary and Joseph take him to the temple to be dedicated. And so Simeon then when so and it even says in, in chapter 2 of, uh, of Luke, um, which I think is really kind of interesting, and let, let me pull it up here. It says, uh, uh, okay, well, I'm just going to read it off the screen there. So um, Simeon took him in his arms and praised Jesus, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. So Simeon, as he was in this temple, as he was in the temple, it says the Holy Spirit kind of alerted him to the fact that, that, that the fulfillment of this prayer or, this, or what he had been told that he wouldn't die before he saw the salvation of Israel, um, that, 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 that Mary and Joseph, that was, that was the fulfillment, that Jesus was the fulfillment as they were dedicating it dedicating him. So it says that, that Simeon basically goes over to, to uh, Mary and Joseph. My guess is he says, hey, um, the, I realize now that, that your baby, Jesus, is the fulfillment of all the prophecies that he has given to Israel. And I now know that he is, he is the salvation of Israel and it, what it does, I'm assuming he says, you know what, can I hold him? <laughs> because it says that he took Jesus in his arms and embraced him. <laughs> so, uh, and so it says he embraced Jesus. So to me, I think the most important thing that we can do that will help us to obey, that will help us to be humble, that will help us to tell, to give, and to worship is the first embrace embrace him. You saved me. You paid the price for me. 
you have blessed me no matter what my life takes place on this earth. You have given me the greatest gift of all, and that's eternal life with you. Thank you, Lord, for your salvation in my life. Thank you for paying the price for me. And so, so he embraces Jesus. And I just want you to think about Simeon, throwing him into this, into this scene, a bonus character here to say, embrace Jesus. If you embrace Jesus for his salvation in your life, then, then the rest of that, for the most part, will be taken care of. So, so that's the, uh, the devotion for, for Christmas um, and that we can apply to the five Fs. Um, there are some, here's some questions that you can take for yourself. Um, uh, you know, what character in the manger scene do you, de- do you need to be more like? Uh, what faith challenges are you currently facing? Um, and and how, how does this help encourage you? And, uh, and if you have a wife and children, how will you teach and demonstrate obedience, worship, giving, embracing, and telling others about Jesus to them? So, uh, so those are some questions that, that you can answer for yourself, okay? Thank you guys for listening. <laughs>